welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Uh, as I usually am, my name is Pierce, and as I usually have with me, Caroline, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing great, and we have a special guest this episode. Uh, Darns, why don't you do the honors and introduce him? Yeah, we're super excited. You guys are probably familiar with his work as the big name for one for Tomahawk Nation on SBNation.com and also now with the new BannerSociety.com. If you haven't yet, check it out. It's awesome. Good stuff. We do have Bud Elliott with us today. Bud, how are you? What's going on, y'all? Do- doing well. Just hanging Thanks in there. Being- we uh, got a lot to talk about with uh, you know a couple weeks uh, under our belt of football season. I know FSU's had a pretty eventful one. Uh, the Hoos are coming off a big win over their arch nemesis of a head coach. <laughs> no, I, know, I know, I know. He's a nice guy and everyone loves he's him. He's a cop. But, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he's a cop. He uh, and, uh, but, but big win for the Hoos, at least uh, statistically, and got to see some of the young guys, but a huge game. Uh, this weekend, Saturday night, uh, and FS, uh, FSU coming to town. So uh, we're excited to have you, bud. Guys, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I got to watch some of the William & Mary game, got to watch all the uh, Pitt-UVA game, and actually bet UVA in that one. So for your solid <laughs> Y'all scared me a little bit in the second quarter. but yeah. Uh, yeah. You're a brave yeah. man. I, I never, never put money on the who's. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> a lot of people there. listening are the same, yeah. <laughs> emotional hedging maybe but yeah uh, we do want to uh i guess you know chat real quick about the william and mary game um darns i know you've got a couple things uh to highlight but uh and, and bud you caught some of it so if you don't mind joining in on a we we do hand out three stars and maybe we'll just keep it to that uh something to highlight and a reason why um but but you're the guest bud so if, if you've got an mvp for the who's uh against william and mary you can hand out our first star so, look, when you have 12 tackles for loss, I think you got to go with, with, with somebody on defense. I'm going to go with, with Juwan Briggs. I, I just I thought that was cool that he got in there. I remember him as a recruit. Like, he's yeah. he's a pretty cool dude. Like, has a lot of, like, like a variety of interests aside from, from football, but I'm, I'm glad to see he's doing well out there. What do you get? Uh, no sacks, but got a tackle and loss – or uh, 1.5 tackle for loss, nine total tackles. That's that's pretty solid work. I mean, I know William & Mary's line is, is hot trash, but uh, – <laughs> You know, like still it's no, good great struggling. yeah they were good stuff. <laughs> some <laughs> things don't change right yeah yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah we're used to the holes in the offensive line oh but really i mean there there was some comically mike london plays to start that game off you know, penalties at the wrong time pick six (laughs) so that was my phone blowing up at least for the first half was like well this seems familiar uh yeah there were a couple jokes with like the he's you know told you you can't win in the stadium and just stuff like that was real real tough stuff but my thing was watching that game coming off the picking the picking we talked about extensively extensively why that was a big statement win going on the road against a team you hadn't beat in, you know, in Mendenhall's time here, like all this stuff, why that was important. Keeping the momentum, like I can't remember really the last time Virginia kicked the crap out of a team they were supposed to kick the crap out of. Like that was the biggest takeaway for me. And there were mistakes and there's stuff like, you know, Bryce Perkins threw across his body a couple times or didn't see a defender and threw two interceptions. And Brennan had an interception when he just got lit up, but that was his only incompletion for the game. So there were some mistakes obviously made. But there were also like just so many good things where they score. They did not punt the ball 
Mm-hmm. Like Nash Griffin's family, I don't know if Kyle Guy was kidding, but he said that his family like drove nine hours to come watch the game and he did not step onto the field. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you, I'm sure, you know, Vince will get on me, the SID, because it's probably in the notes, but they, I can't tell you the last time I remember a game where Virginia didn't punt the football. Yeah. Like, there were just so many plays and it was fun. We sang the good old song a ton. Like, <laughs> and it was just we were kind of standing there like, is this, is football fun again? So now we're all terrified for this weekend, but for the most part, it's just like, that was great. You have a successful conference win to start the season on the road. Then you come home, you kick the crap out of somebody you're supposed to kick the crap out of that you have history with. <laughs> like you have, those are those games that before, oh, yeah. and, I mean, we talked about with Emily last week where we're both kind of like, Oh God, please don't lose to Mike London. Like that would be the worst um but yeah anyway but if you weren't aware 10 years prior to this past weekend was when William and Mary came into Charlottesville and beat you uh in Scott Stadium so it has happened (laughs) the ghosts were still fresh enough for most of us that it's losing to Richmond four years ago relishing and doing taking care of business you know doing what you need to do but who's your star Caroline I got to go Joe Reed. I legitimately said to the person I was sitting next to when he started to take that ball out of the end zone, I was like, oh, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he returned it the entire length of the field and showed why he's the guy that we all know he is and got specialist of the week. So now it's back-to-back weeks where Virginia's got the ACC specialist of the week wow. after he followed up Brian Delaney in week one. So Coaching staff that coaches special teams? It's weird. Yes. They did Mary have a special teams. <laughs> <laughs> special teams blunder. Um, William Mary scored a field goal off of a muff punt, but I think Joe Reed he also had the first touchdown of the game, he had a reception there, um, and he just had an all-around solid game. So I think that was a. Uh, I love watching the highlight of that play um, because you can hear the crowd in stages get just like you know, kind of like people chatting and talking, and then it gets significantly louder as he clearly is going to score a touchdown. So. Joe Reed, you're my guy this week. Good stuff. And uh, real quick, I'll give mine to Nick Grant, uh, the junior corner. He's filling in uh, into a starting role. He, he uh, probably wasn't anticipating, but he's getting his moment. And he had a pick six. Uh, I know it was a huge moment for him. And he's going to be pretty critical uh, starting against Bryce Hall uh, in the secondary uh, all season. He's going to get picked on. Uh, I will say the throw – that not to take anything away from him, the, the throw was terrible. Very and if it was a good throw, that it could have been a touchdown for William and Mary. <laughs> but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Good and he throw. bobbled it, like, yeah. and he said in, like, a post-game thing or whatever that he was so nervous that it was, like, right <laughs> to him that he was like, oh, I got to catch it. Let's get to the first half. Like, do you used, uh, like, stat broadcast so you can see, yeah. the, uh, like, the quarter cumes? Yes. <laughs> Mm. 1.7 yards of play for William and Mary in the first half. 8.3 for UVA. <laughs> yeah, was, so, that was yeah. solid. I, I, Did miss a field goal, though. I mean, you got to – I know. got to tighten it up. Told you, muff punt and missed a field goal. I will say, too, the other fun thing out of that game was – and I'm excited to see what they might use him with against Florida State is Mike Hollins, who's 5'9", 200. <laughs> and I think he's a generous 5'9". So, it's like, think Kihei Clark, but 200 pounds. <laughs> like <laughs> – and he had two touchdowns and just like rumbled through again, not a great line for um, William and Mary, but that could be something that in the future he's out of Louisiana, but do you remember him at all as a recruit? Uh, Holland's not, not a lot. No. What, what school was he at in Louisiana? 
Ooh, that's a good question. We'll get Stat Boy on it. Oh, he was at Lab School. Yeah. Yeah, so Lab School is actually a school that's um, it's on LSU's campus. Oh, wow. Right? And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like a teaching lab. So, like, the best student teachers from LSU get to go teach their son as part of their coursework at LSU. And, like, oh. a, lot of, like a lot of, like, the best players in, in the state huh. play there. That's awesome. I had no idea that was a thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pedigree for, for Mike. Well, let's uh, get to what, at least if my NCAA football video game days have taught me <laughs> anything over the years, rest in peace, NCAA football 2014. This is a rivalry game. The, the Jefferson Epps trophy. Yeah, there's a trophy. Would always pop good. up on the screen. And the, the, the game would say your rivals are UNC, Virginia Tech, and FSU. And, for a long time, I, not much of a rivalry. I know we can say that about other <laughs> annual-ish <laughs> games for us. But, uh, you know, the, the who's are favored, which is weird. Uh, it's By a touchdown, which is weirder. Against <laughs> any ACC team historically, recent historically. Um, but certainly a team with the, the name brand recognition of, of the Seminoles. So an exciting matchup, uh, at least for UVA fans. Most of my FSU friends have – just been nothing but disparaging self-deprecating and 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 just like not getting excited enough for the game for for my friendship rivalry so but i'm gonna need i'm gonna need some reasons to validate my nerves and and you know i know there's more going on in tallahassee than my friend's smart ass remarks so so what's fsu been been going through in these first couple weeks well they 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 still have some good players um you know, Cam Akers might be the second best running back in the ACC. Uh, he kind of took the game over last week for him uh, in, in crunch time. And you know, he was the number one running back in the country coming out of high school and is finally, you know, playing like that. Um, O-line is still kind of shitty, but, uh, like, they're they're coaching around it a little better, right? Like, I don't think any of these guys really have talent. Uh, but they, at least they're not making the same mistakes that they were last year. You don't see quite as many free runners just due to – are completely untouched to the quarterback, which is an improvement, certainly. The, last year they were uh, probably the worst offensive line in the Power Five with the exception of, like, Kansas Rutgers, which is almost like its own category of, of <laughs> P5. Uh, James Blackman, the quarterback's been okay. I think the numbers are a little bit better than the play. Mm-hmm. Receivers are – receivers are legitimately really good, right? I mean, like, they, they are five and six deep at receiver, guys they trust to run out there who can all – kind of take it to the house right so if that's something to make uva fans nervous i know pitt tries to spread the field but i don't know that pitt has the same level of dudes on the outside yeah that florida state does um most teams have been doubling tamari and terry their their stud receiver on the one side but uh they they really have two slots they like a whole lot um and when they go four wide they put a lot of pressure on you know the backers and safeties to, to carry routes vertically assuming they could block it up which is not always the case and then there's the defense, which uh, we're out of time. It's so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The, oh, is that the producer giving us the nod? <laughs> yeah, that was mm, – the defense has been a, a colossal train wreck. They, they anticipated a lack of pass rush from their ends in the offseason and tried to implement a 3-4 defense. Uh, but the run fits, in my opinion, are way too complicated, right? Like their, their keys are all jacked up. They, they do not shift their gap responsibilities when they have the front slanting. Um, the, and I think, I think my guess is that they were so worried about the run fit stuff and that they were struggling with that, that they ended up 
simplifying the pass coverage stuff probably too much, and, and that's a little bit too predictable. So it's kind of like get home on the blitz or get roasted. Uh, that's it, it's, or at least it, it should be. But they've been playing really, really soft coverage in the first couple games um, and allowing opponents to kind of possess the ball for a long time. And in doing so, that's really not what you want to do when you have a Kendall Browse offense. You want to get as many at-bats as possible for that offense. Yeah. Like, gotcha. if you give the guy 20 possessions, he'll get you 50 or 60 points, I mean, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but, like, Boise held the ball for long, long stretches. And um, I think they should just go a lot more aggressive and be okay with giving up some balls over the top. They really haven't got hit with the deep shots yet this year. Uh, because they've been playing off. But I, I think at a certain point, you just need to trust your corners, who they do like a lot, uh, yeah. to say, hey, all right, if, you're, if we're going we're gonna to go down, we're going to go down quickly, and then we'll get the ball back to our offense. The, these long drives we're allowing is not good. But so far, not uh, they're not agreeing with me. <laughs> so when you look at – so Virginia likes to hold the ball. They like – shockingly, the Virginia football offense is a lot like Virginia basketball when it comes mm. to these long possessions – they're Probably. ball hogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll eat up huge chunks of the clock. Do you think that benefits Florida State in any way? And also, this is the first game out of Tallahassee. Obviously, the first one was moved to Tallahassee with some of the Hurricane Dorian stuff, but there have been some questions about conditioning. Um, I mean, even Coach Taggart talked about hydrating, and that was a whole thing that came out of that first game. But just obviously, Florida State has – gotten off to really good starts in both games you know 17 18 point leads at the half and then falling apart in the second half do you see that as a conditioning thing or do you also just kind of see like there's a lot of questions at once but the mentality of the team like what do you contribute these mistakes to yeah so I, I definitely see where you're going with this I I don't see it as a conditioning thing at all I think it's a really easy narrative to fit sometimes when coaches get asked a question they just say something Right, and I, and I think, think he was yeah. like, yeah, like, because I, I, my guess is he was looking ahead to the forecast for this past Saturday, and the heat index was like 112, and so he's Come probably on, like, man. hey, we got to really make sure we hydrate during the week because it, yeah, you had people like passing out in the stands, but it came off as, hey, we weren't properly hydrated for the sure. game, um, you know, so there's been kind of that narrative going on with the, with the conditioning stuff, and then you also had. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, the defense collapsed because the offense plays so fast and FSU does have a really aggressive tempo yeah. on offense. But I'm like, that's not actually true. That Boise literally went up and down the field uh, and had their way with them regardless of, of quarter or half. Uh, they just happened to have some turnovers and some red zone stalls that yeah. prevented the first half score from being ugly. Um, I, I think Browse has done a really tremendous job of coming out with stuff that opponents weren't prepared for and getting an early lead. And then once they adjust to that, I think he has a hard time like adjusting to their adjustments while still hiding the offensive line, which is like legitimately still, still bad. bad right? Yeah. But it's not like, you know, worse than the nation bad. It's just kind of like bad by ACC standards. So in, in that, you know, some of their tricks in the first half haven't worked in the second half and the defense has been bad in both halves. So if your offense stops scoring, but the defense keeps being bad, you know, so basically um, you think some defensive good. adjustments have caused them more issues than really anything else. And in that same vein, do you see Florida State Pitt did the we're not going to throw it anywhere near Bryce Hall plan? So they just started blitzing Bryce Hall from the outside. Like where do you think Florida State stands when it comes to, you know, like you said, their wide receivers are talented and deep. Like so is there an opportunity where they'll just like challenge the All-American and say, Bryce Hall, you have to show that you're an All-American. 
or do you think this is another situation where they could use him in various blitz packages or both? Well, I assume, you know, obviously they watched the Boise film and, and Boise had, had a good job. We, we, they did a good job in the second half with some of their Cowboy blitzes, which, which messed a little bit with the mesh point stuff and, and some of the RPO game. Um, that's an interesting question because I don't know that Pitt had somebody who UVA felt, hey, we have to lock down. With yeah, exactly. Paul, right. With poor state, with Terry, they might feel that way. Um, so that that's interesting to watch. I I don't know. I, I, I my guess is that they'll probably will we'll mix it up a good bit because teams have had good success uh, blitzing off the edge with with DBs. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to send Hall. I mean, you could send somebody. Sure. Else. Absolutely. Do they line him to the boundary all the time, or or is, is he left right? Or it? I think it just varies. Okay. Yeah, Sam Oliver. He'll go on the yeah. Gotcha. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Blackman? Is is this? You know, you said he's, he's been maybe not as quite as good as the stats would suggest, but do you, you feel comfortable with him at, at quarterback? I mean, with if the O-line is in shambles, obviously that makes it his job all the more difficult. Or are there question marks about his play in particular? Well, some of the reads that, that he's done have not been great. Um, so that that's a bit of a downside. He does have a, a, a good arm and, and does throw a nice deep ball and, and allows his receivers typically to run under it. Uh, the release is probably not as quick as they would like in this offense. I mean, this offense is really about getting the ball out fast. Mm. And, uh, and and he does not always get the ball out fast. Um, he's he's done some stuff that's kind of like Jameis-like, but not the good Jameis stuff, the bad Jameis stuff, where it's like, oh, just try and play some hero ball. Yeah, yeah. Where he really should just eat it and and go down. Um, he's He's got kind of an athletic, like like, skinny build, but he's not – a great runner. I mean, he's not okay. terrible at it, but he's not going to juke a whole lot of people and he's very skinny. So it's not like he takes shots uh, all that well, but he doesn't get hurt seemingly, but he doesn't uh, not, he's not going to run over anybody, but mm-hmm. he's not terrible. He's just not like a, a special quarterback at this point in his career. And did you see whether it be Boise or uh, Louisiana Monroe, it was Louisiana Monroe, right? Uh, were they blitzing him a lot or, or, um, anything out of the usual type of approach for him? So, so Boise definitely blitzed a lot, um, especially in the second half. Florida State had a starting guard go down, and their starters really aren't that bad, but the backups are, like, horrendous. So, um, and I'm not trying to, like, dog on college players here, but, oh, you know, no. like, like the, the drop-off is, is noticeable, and Boise noticed it, like, immediately and attacked it. And uh, they had a couple of just blow-by sacks on Blackman, one of which he fumbled and, uh, and and gave the ball back to Boise in really good field position. So, yeah, I think that is uh, – that's something that UVA will – I mean, I know they love the blitz. So, yeah, like I would – if I, w- I would definitely blitz him <laughs> and make him prove that he can do it. Um, yeah. So far, he's he's not done it that well. That That's one of the reasons in my, my betting column and, and my, my Twitch show, I, I took UVA because, like, I kind of feel UVA uh, is very good at, like, letting opponents just mess up and taking advantage of it you know, and, and not pressing the issue too much. And I'm like, yeah, well, Florida State will definitely screw up and do that for you. <laughs> and, um, but, like, the thing is, this is a potentially high-variance team, mm-hmm. okay? Like, when you have this much – like, this level of athleticism on the field, no result, unless you're playing like Clemson, would really surprise you. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I think I think UVA will win by, like, 10 or 11. Uh, but, yeah, like – if Florida State gets its defense together so it can play average defense and it ends up getting UVA to play a little bit quicker, maybe, maybe if it gets out to an early lead, gets them out of, out of their comfort zone. Sure. It could win the game. It's, it's not impossible. 
and yeah. the spreads what seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, like seven and a half, I think it is now. And that's, it's basically a a touchdown. And that's so the thing that I think a lot of Virginia fans have been kind of tempering themselves with is it's easy to look at those first two games and obviously spot a lot of mistakes that Florida State's made, the weaknesses on defense, like all that stuff. Um, But at the same time, the team is full of talented players. So it's all a matter of like, we we know better than anyone else if you played a game because you never know, like it's never set in stone. When you, I mean, there was some, there's a linebacker that made a little bit of noise on Twitter today. I'm not a bulletin board material person because I don't think teams should have to like no one on the Virginia team was like, Oh, they think they can shut down Perkins. Now we're really going to beat them. Like they're going to want to beat Florida state either way. But yeah, you, know, you have a linebacker talking about how they're going to contend. They have a solid plan and they're not too worried about Bryce Perkins. When you look at Bryce Perkins, what concerns you about what he can, or what, if anything, I'm not, I don't mean to assume that anything does. <laughs> when you look at a player like Bryce Perkins, what wouldn't possibly make you nervous um, for Saturday night? It's just really hard to sack. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like like you get guys around his ankles and, and you get dudes all around him, and all of a sudden he's he's not going down. Um, and that's that's got to be concerning if you're Florida State's defense. He's a really mobile guy, so if you play undisciplined along the front or with your backers, he can he can pull the ball. And hurts you a lot. I mean, the arm stuff, I, I get the comments like, yeah, he's not a great passer. Okay. Well, UVA schemes around that pretty well, it looks like. And, you know, yeah, third and long, it's oftentimes going to be a draw. And there's probably a reason for that because they don't really trust him to throw without the benefit of RPO or screen game or, or play action. I mean, at least to me, it looks like, right? Like how many – there's not that many times a game where he drops back on third and ten just – you know, unless you just have a ton of third and longs in, in a game. They, they and pretend- luckily they haven't had a ton of third and longs yeah. this season, which is yeah. a nice treat because they actually have been using a lot more, like you said, the whether or not necessarily – I know RPO is like the term of the last season or so, but the fact of there's so much more short game usage, like those quick – because there hasn't been a lot of rushing. Um, right. A guy like Jordan Ellis, and even though we like Wayne Talapapa, he had a really nice game at the end you know, throughout the pit game, and obviously we talked about Mike Collins, but – um, there doesn't seem to be that guy that Bronco quite trusts yet as like the Jordan Ellis guy. So there've been a lot more of these four five, six yard passes to a tight end or to Joe Reed or Dubois or, you know, Tavares Kelly in the last game. Um, so yeah, they've definitely schemed a little bit around. He has a good arm. It's just sometimes like, I think the, when you ask a quarterback to rush and then get in the pocket and throw it, it's a little tough because now they've just been running around a bunch, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things I noticed with 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 him and my get the thing is that uh, Narduzzi and for the you know, the pit head coach and Florida State's DC were actually on the same Michigan State staff together, uh, and so I don't know if there's been a phone call made this week, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was a phone call made you know sometime in the last week and say, hey, like, what'd you run here? What'd you run there? Was that this call? Yeah, that was that call. All right, if you could yeah. do it again, would, would you do anything differently? Honestly, like Pitt's defense didn't play that bad, right? Pitt's yeah. offense is just horrendous mm-hmm. um, by ACC standards, at least, I guess. And I think they're going to come after him a lot because the one thing UVA has not done very well so far this year is hit the explosive place through the yeah. air. And my guess is, like, don't die a death of a thousand paper cuts slowly and get your offense out of rhythm, right? Like, if UVA can hit the big shots, okay, tip your cap, let's let's play the next drive. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they, if they sat back and played really conservative here. I mean, Perkins got beat to hell against Pitt. You know, yeah, he, he, he got a hit a lot and not 
not just on design runs or not just on a lot of those this season at least have been third and longs that he's looking to throw and then it's not there and he just goes or he feels the pressure and just goes and it's worked out I mean that's that's the benefit of having a guy like that um I I've seen them draw up a, a handful of weird run options uh where he either will hand it to the halfback or let the halfback go block for him and they both usually end up just falling in into the same tackle it's it's very strange uh strategy uh but i I saw that yeah i wasn't sure if that is like if that's basically like like lead draw or if if it's actually a re like if it's a read and then he's pulling it and then using but yeah, yeah, he does sort of fake it at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the coach, but <laughs> that seems to be most of the designed runs for him, um, at least so far. Um, I did feel better about. I will say, sorry, Pierce, just what you're saying about like he did take a lot of hits. I thought it got better in the second half after they moved some of those pieces around in the offensive line because the offensive line in the first half like was a little bit. And again, like they've improved a ton. I think they they're decent. They're good. They're not outstanding. They're not. They haven't gotten him. And again, second game, they didn't get a huge test from from William and Mary. But um, I'm very curious to see what it looks like in that sense because that's to me the key to the game. Because if Florida State offensively, I think has shown that there's ability to score. The first half Florida State team in both games. <laughs> has looked extraordinarily competent on that side of the ball. Can Virginia match what they're doing and potentially create more opportunities for themselves using the defense um, by coming up with a forced, you know, a turnover or an interception or making a big play to stop a drive? That's, I think, it could be, I think, a relatively high-scoring game. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible it it could be high. I mean, what's – the over-under is 58. Yeah, it's not a huge – it's not – it's they, they, I think what it, it would end up being something where it's like 34-24 or something like that. Yeah, like basically. 58, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right around there. That's uh, – that seems about right. Um, hmm. A lot of that's going to – a lot of the over-under thing is just going to come down to which, which team's tempo do you feel like they're going to play at, right? Like UVA's adjusted tempo is 129th in the nation. Florida State's is third. Gotcha. You can't this is way too early for basketball season yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah, in basketball we win that. Yeah. yeah. So my my automatic is like, yeah, tr- try and make us play your pace. We won't do it. Like, but obviously this isn't the same. I'm not sure the metaphor carries universally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least not as confident in like the football side of things yet. I do think, and that's the thing that has been what's going to be crazy about this game it's going to be lit like to say, to, to speak like the kids. Um, there were 10,000 students at the William and Mary game. Again, night game. They haven't had that many wow. students there in a really long time. Oh, yeah. They're hoping to break the record, get like 12,000 there. I, I think they'll do it on Saturday. Honestly, I can't tell you the last time the vibe was like this around in Charlottesville around football. Like there's 150 tickets left. It will likely sell out. It's a night game technically on national television depending on where you live Which <laughs> um, is on? I, it's on acc network <laughs> now that i have youtube tv i get all like i, yeah. I just poured <laughs> into and i get every single game yeah. recorded, so i just figured yeah. it out you know it's on you know acc network um they're doing the basketball banner raising and ring ceremony the night before so this friday night 
Um, and they're also like acknowledging the basketball team on the field at some point. So that's usually like end of the first quarter, like right beginning of the halftime thing. So there's gonna be 60,000 people losing their shit over the basketball team that just won a national championship. The, the, I'm just saying like the atmosphere is going to be nuts. Do you think that hypes up Florida state? I mean, obviously you don't, you're not in the locker room. You're not talking to you know, coaches and kids every day, whatever, but um, especially with them coming in maybe with some psyche issues after two games back to back the way that they had them. How do you see this big game atmosphere affecting Florida state if at all? So even the Florida state's not been any good the last couple of years, the name, I'm trying to figure out a way to say, like, to say this without sounding kind of pompous. No, the name's the thing. Like, right. Like, everybody gets really Florida hyped. It's Florida State. Absolutely. State Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Or, you know, five and five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of those kids weren't recruited by them, especially the ones from Florida. It just – it always ends up being a thing, you know, that everybody's usually pretty chippy against them. Um, I, I think the start will be key uh, to this game. And, like, duh, but – uh, this this team, their psyche is kind of fragile. I think they're they're really a, a bit of a front running team. That Willie inherited the lowest APR in college football, so he's been a, unable to basically cut kids off the team who probably shouldn't be there anymore either for attitudes or competitiveness. Because if they lose anymore, oh wow, wow, yeah, so, I didn't know that. Like he's he's had trouble flipping the roster. Yeah. Now, yeah, I've criticized him because that doesn't like inability to cut somebody is not the same thing to me as inability to bench them, right? right. And so I think for that, he does criticism. But uh, this is a very front-running team, man. When, when they're up, they'll talk a bunch of smack to you. They're, you know, we're the best team in the world. And when they get down, they start panicking. Like, they don't stay together. They don't play as a team. Yeah. The, the mental toughness uh, is lacking, at least through, you know, 14 games of his tenure here. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty obvious. If they get down early, I expect they'll fold, and UVA will, will blow them out. Uh, if, if they get up, you know, then then it could be a real, a real dogfight. All right. Do you, Do you see, see Cam Akers as the biggest strength, maybe, uh, for FSU? That was going to be my whether, question. Whether that be in general or against UBA specific. How do like we stop him? Player, yeah. I mean, he's he's really good. He's he came in in, in in great shape. He's probably like a legit two fifteen. He's he's always been rocked up though. I mean, that you know, he's he's one of those guys in high school. You're like, yeah. If we could draft high school players, like you draft him, maybe he wouldn't play year one, but in year two, he'd he'd be out there. Like it's just like Fournette was a dude like that back in the day in high school. There, there's just certain dudes doing this. You look at him, you're like, yeah, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Like that's how you draw him up. <laughs> um, he's he's really good. The blocking for him obviously is is a big key, but yeah, he, he seems to be running harder this year and like trusting that the holes will be there. Florida State has simplified a lot of stuff on the offensive line, which overall has been good, but against UVA, they, they dial up a lot of complex blitzes. That's a pretty veteran defense, from at least from what I see. Uh, that I think I think they'll probably struggle with that. So we'll have to see what kind of run blitz stuff mm-hmm. uh, the Hoos have in store for Florida State. But yeah, if, if they get him working, then you know the the pop pass and, and all the RPO game mm-hmm. uh, really starts to work even better. Stuff and what would you put as the biggest weakness for FSU? Um, maybe more specific to to facing Virginia as an opponent. Yeah, I think the O line. Um, just because like they, they had to simplify stuff so much just to get these guys any kind of confidence. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I think either zero or one of the players on the roster right now will, will go to the NFL on the O line. Like they really lack talent. Um, they're most of these dudes would not play at other ACC schools. Like thank God for Georgia Tech. Otherwise, they'd, they'd probably have the worst. O-line and ACC. Like, I think they're worse than Pitts. 
and I watched the pit game. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe they're on par, we'll see. But yeah, FSU has had to simplify that stuff so much, and I feel like you need to have. I think you need to have the ability to master multiple different protections when you're playing a, a blitz scheme like UVA because they'll figure yeah. that out pretty quick and then they'll pick it apart, which is why, again, I, I think they'll do. And, yeah, Kenny Pickett had a little bit of a long day um, outside of the second quarter, which, fun fact for your friends, they have only scored touchdowns this season in the second quarter. But even in their second game, all of both of their touchdowns came in the second quarter. <laughs> They've only kicked field goals in the other – um six quarters if you will anyway um so what's your prediction for the game i know you said you bet on virginia with that you know spread seven and a half but what do you think you know final score who wins what's going to happen on saturday night i my projection said i think 38 27 um I, I think florida state will succeed in getting the game to be a little bit faster i don't trust that the defense is fixed at all we'll we'll see if it is but i I have some some major doubts there. I know UVA is not a team that scores a whole lot of points, but Florida State's pretty good at giving people short field position. Um, their punter is indefinitely suspended for uh, some kind of DUI-related thing, so they've got like a, a walk-on punter. New? Is that uh, no, the, the, the first happen. couple games? Okay. The kid was fine against ULM. I don't think he's like – you know, a lot of people play soccer in the state of Florida. It's fairly <laughs> You can usually find a walk-on. Um, <laughs> you know. But uh, and and offensively, I, I think Florida State will probably struggle up front a good bit, and so that, that's that's why I went UVA by double digits. But you know, like I said, anything from like a UVA blowout to a, a Florida State win it wouldn't shock me just because the level of athleticism on the team, the, the coaching yeah. so far, has been a big disappointment on defense. One of the things we didn't really talk about special teams. Like, how do you feel? Like, where does Florida State fall now? Like, are you guys comfortable in your kicker? Like, we obviously just mentioned the punting, but. Um, any of those things. This is actually one of the things that Virginia has done well is punt coverage and kick coverage and until the muff punt, like fielding things and making good choices with the ball. Like how do you think they scored in all three levels of the game last week? How do you think that could impact anything on Saturday? So this is actually an area where Florida State is legitimately really improved. Um, They were terrible on special teams last year. Just horrendous number of penalties they had one of the worst kickoff return teams in the nation which is kind of crazy with their athletes but they really should have been fair catching kicks and because the offense was so just so hopeless last year they thought and I don't necessarily disagree all the time but rolling the dice by, by trying to create some offense by returning kicks was the better idea but ultimately most of the time it would get a penalty or miss block and have to start like their own 12 yeah it's not ideal so um yeah, they got a punt returner they really trust in, in DJ Matthews. They they have some good weapons at kickoff return. Their kickoff guy, you know, obviously what it was Logan Tyler, um, who's now suspended. He's the punter. He was pretty much automatic touchbacks. The new guy is uh, is is not as automatic. So we'll have to see how that impacts. I don't know if UVA is a big kickoff return team um, this, this year. Joe Reed's doing pretty well. Oh shoot! There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm very happy to put on the other side though. So far, he's you know, he's been two of two on field goals. It, it's Aguayo, uh, so yeah, okay. You know, Aguayo's little brother. He's last year he was kind of shaky up and down a little bit. This year he's been he's been nails and ten of ten on PATs. So, do you guys um, have like a contract with the Aguayo family that they just like continue giving y'all kickers that basically. this is going to like they're like the older one has to start having kids and making sure that the lineage is all set up. <laughs> well, I think the older one's out of football, so like the, oh no, <laughs> yeah, he got drafted in like the second round by the Bucks. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, oh man, gosh. they're oh, drafting gosh. the last three years has been just 
And they just gave their new GM a five-year deal. That was that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't no, really watch NFL as a fan very much. I don't uh, either. Yeah. Well, uh, Darns, why don't we get a prediction uh, from you and me, and then maybe talk a little bit about the ACC before we wrap up. Um, oh, gosh. So on our preseason show, I did pick Virginia to win. I feel a little bit more confident in that after seeing a couple games, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think it's going to be potentially close throughout the first half, but the adjustments that Virginia has been able to make at halftime, and I, like Bud's been talking about, I think – once the I, I've just been really impressed with defensive adjustments by the team. And I think that that's something that in this game specifically will end up being a huge benefit as, you know, like we talked about the offensive line and getting to Blackman. I think that that's going to be huge. Um, I think Cam Akers is actually going to have a pretty big game, but it's going to be hard against Virginia to make it just a one man show. Um, so I think Virginia is going to win. Let's go like 27, 21. No, that's too stressful. <laughs> So you're 31 the 21 31 21 okay so you're <laughs> picking the who's to cover the knolls not to be yeah. <laughs> right. um yeah i mean i think like i said after the pick game i was just so impressed by uva's ability to play that uh, the more physical uh, brand of football against Pitt, which was something they hadn't done ever against Pitt, and I think hopefully can can continue against the talented teams. Um, you don't really get a whole lot of that from William and Mary uh, with the way that their roster is set up right now. So uh, hopefully that does carry over, and I think that would be just a, a big strength. Like you were saying, Bud, to punch FSU in the mouth, it might shake them a little bit because it has been um, you know a down last season and, and maybe some frustrations that they might just go, wow, we, we don't have it tonight on the road i mean the rose is going to be flowing in scott stadium you know the the sperry's are going to be kicked off in the mud and i, I think i think it's going to be a, a pretty fun atmosphere like you're saying darns the, the likes of which we haven't seen uh maybe since 2005 when fsu came <laughs> into to scott stadium wow. way back when we were undergrads caroline yeah, um, i know so I think the Hoos will take care of it. I think um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the passing game for FSU because I think Blackman's going to be able to do a little bit better um, than, than Kenny Pickett. And again, sort of throwing out what we saw against William & Mary for obvious reasons. That that could still give them trouble if they do pick on Nick Grant, let's say, and he's not quite up for it. Or, or if the O-line does cover enough you know, uh, blitz covers that they, they get it to those athletic guys who were top recruits who do have the ability to make things happen. I, you know, I could definitely see FSU hanging in or, or even winning, but I'll be optimistic against my usual nature on here. I'll say the who's will, will cover. And I like your, I like your spread too. Darns. I like a 10 point uh, win for the who's, but uh, it feels I so weird. Like, but that's yeah. what you don't understand is like, we say these things and we're like, Oh gosh, like, oh, did we just upset yeah. the sports gods? Like, are yeah. we going to get smote? Like what's happening? I, I did get a lot of blowback in the preseason for saying that UVA was one of the games I thought Florida state would lose. So like before I knew how bad they <laughs> look, I, I still thought this matchup was bad for them. Yeah. Seeing y'all's fans reply to the linebacker tweet, like not to the kid, <laughs> but like to the, the guy from the athletic who post, posted it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like they think they're going to get their asses kicked. Like, this is terrifying. That's like, what I'm saying. All my FSU <laughs> friends just couldn't be more down on them. And I'm like, yeah. 
guys, it's early. <laughs> and yeah. Lord knows we can lose games that we're supposed to win, but uh, hopefully that comes later on in the season, or, or never. No, yeah, just not <laughs> we'll the see. last week of the regular season. No. Not, not until the Clemson game. <laughs> right, well, that won't be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a different animal, yeah. yeah. I do I do want to talk about that in general, though, the, the ACC, but maybe starting with the Atlantic, like in in your division, what have you seen from the other teams? And not um, Clemson, because let's just give it Clemson. Clemson your pick to, to win the division, but I know Syracuse was a trendy one and they just, I, I can't tell you how mad I am that they got blown out by Maryland. Not that I care what Syracuse does, but anyone letting Maryland have fun is just morally reprehensible. So uh, do you see Syracuse as the other challenger or, or the whatever second best Atlantic team still? I, I think at this point you got to you got to discount them pretty hard. I mean they, yeah. they played two really disappointing games. Devito has not been any good. I, there was kind of an undersold storyline, but I was looking at the catch rate for their their receivers, and it, it kind of across the board it, it's it's rather poor so far. And when I see it across the board being bad, I oftentimes think, oh, it's probably a quarterback issue. And watching the games, yeah, Devito has been poor. Um, their defense stopping the run has been horrendous. Like, their pass rush, I think, is still really good, but there's no reason to pass the ball against them. Just run it like Maryland. Yeah. And, I mean, Maryland ran for – well, they have four or five runs yeah. over 40. Yeah. yeah. And, and the slants were there all day, too. Like, they could not stop a single slant all day. They just right up – I thought they were playing on a field that was three times bigger than the normal size because it looked there was just that much space, it looked like. I was like – also, though, they film at that stadium from, like, a blimp. So, I Maryland's the worst, but <laughs> – Oh, true. Well, I like it because you can actually see what the secondary is doing. It's true. You, yeah. so actually, we get like the crazy zoomed in. I, I, I got to bug somebody to get me the all 22 copy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, I don't know who I have as the number two team. And in, in, oh, hold on. I can just tell you real quick. I've, I've got my power ratings right here. I'm so excited to see Wake Carolina on Friday night, by the way. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. And it's a non-con game. Like, it's not counting for either one of them in conference because it would have – they just wanted to play each other. So, it it's not an for ACC. Real? Yeah, so it doesn't count in the ACC standings. Because they haven't played since 2012, so they scheduled yeah. non-conference. Because the- That's I'm- so weird and awesome. And I know. Fire, but also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do with Georgia Tech? Because it, it's, it's their closest yeah. geographic rival. It's like one of the only rivalries within the ACC FSU fans can actually drive to, uh-huh. you know, reasonably. And they only play them every six years, which is crazy. That's nuts. Um, NC State could be the number two team in the division. Yeah. Like they're just quietly okay. I, I want to see them pass this test at, at West Virginia, which is sneaky terrible this year. <laughs> Real bad. Oh, my God. They're averaging uh, le- like 1.7 yards per, per non sack carry this year oh. uh which is really <laughs> problematic um god i said i was yeah, gonna 1. watch 7. that game. how do you in the smoking smoking musket twitter was like oh darn just don't do it <laughs> i was like i'm gonna watch the game he's like you shouldn't do that don't do it you it, don't want to do that real bad i mean yeah. they they can't block anybody um they, they should throw it 70 times a game 1.7 <laughs> yards per carry is uh it's just hard with NC State because they're playing all the directional Carolinas. So, and here's the thing: like, you want to talk about scheduling? We joked before we started recording about like one. Mike London was 
set behind the power curve, if you will, with some of the scheduling. That, and I know Syracuse fans have been USC, lamenting. right? Because yeah, like, like we're playing USC and UCLA and BYU and you know Oregon and these teams that we should not be playing. Um, and it you know just sucks because you go into yeah sure they were maybe like some of the games were actually pretty good they were closer than they should have been or whatever else but then you lose and you end up going into conference play like one and three and you're like okay now we got to win five games in conference to make a bowl then you don't make any bowls and everyone gets pissed off nc state's like we're gonna play every which direction team we can in north carolina we're gonna be four no heading into conference we'll just win three games everyone will be happy and don't forget that we played you know central carolina twice and you're like god why did we think of that smart business yeah until you get better why not i don't understand i mean it makes no sense so people like wins yeah Yeah. let me tell you what they're way better than losing (laughs) do you think uh boston college might might sneak into second place there i'm still like really sneakily down on their defense yeah um, I don't. I don't trust PC's defense. They lost a ton on defense, and I feel like look, Virginia Tech turned the ball over five times against them and only lost by a touchdown. Right. Because the, when they weren't turning it over, they could pretty much move the ball and score. Right. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure that BC can take that defense on the road, but their offense looks really good. Anthony Brown actually looks like he can throw the ball better this year, which is cool. If you got um, AJ Dillon, I, I when I rank the ACC running backs, I'd probably go ATN. Um, Cam Akers and then Dylan would probably be my top three. But I think I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they just showed something on ESPN as we're recording that they'd be like, who should be on upset alert this weekend? And the guy, I don't know who it was on the panel, picked Virginia. So there you go, bud. There's so many better choices. Like, like there's, not a, there's like a million ranked teams that are like two point favorites on the road. Yeah. This is like well, the easiest week for upset alert ever because everybody's like a field goal favorite. Yeah. I know that's technically an upset based on the spread but i don't think you get to call uva a team that can be upset by by other power five teams yet. Yeah. now Not emotionally yet. if you lose the game would you be upset yeah yeah, yeah. but you know we, we lose to anyone i'm upset sure it's a bummer because right now i think there's a there's an overarching feeling there was a weird feeling before the pit game where there was a lot of people in the fan base that were saying like if they don't win this game, like it sets a bad tone for the whole season. Cause it's been like this whole thing that you're supposed to be a better team. Now you're supposed to be the favorite to win the coastal, like this whole thing. And if you go on the road and lose that game, or if you just lose that game, then I'm like, that's a tough game to start with. Like it's a physical team. Like, yeah. and you look at the mistakes that good teams made across the board in week one, cause it's week one. So that was my biggest takeaway that I've talked about a ton is like, they played like a week four team in week one. So you can't really like, that was great. No turnovers. They were clean with the ball, three penalties. Like it's great. Now there's a big talk about like, this is the kind of game that Virginia has to win to show that they're different, that this is not the same Virginia team. And why I get kind of what they're saying, it's also just still a lot to put on a, a game in which they're too, like Florida state is full of talented players that's just a fact. Like that's not anything that you can deny. They have big play capabilities and you're playing, you know, if we get blown out, like that's bad. That's a bad look and that's tough stuff. But is it going to suck? Yeah. There's an opportunity here. I think it's a momentum thing more than anything else. The way I look at it. Um, I would just hate that if there's 60,000 people in Scott stadium for the first time in 15 years and it comes out like a dud, I think that's where you kind of run into some like, Oh, same old, same old. And it kind of kills right. some of the excitement for the season. But 
I don't know. Absolutely. In some of their big games last year where they were pretty sizable dogs, they did, they did come out fighting really hard initially, yeah. right? I mean, the Miami game, the yeah. Clemson game, they actually – they're only down like a touchdown. After well, we haven't played Clemson, thank God. <laughs> or are you talking about Florida State? Yeah, I was talking about Florida State. Oh, like, okay. I was like, we haven't played Clemson. <laughs> UVA will have a challenge at first. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. It's set up that way. Like, you know, I'll, Willie Taggart. And I don't know. He seems very even keeled about everything. I don't know if it's only the times I've seen him. But. <laughs> yeah, publicly, he's not a huge yeller. Yeah, uh, like, is he going to be in the fire? Like, in the locker room? Like, you hear all those people, they just want to boo you. Like, that kind of thing. Like, to use it. Probably um, so. Yeah, I, I think so. But do you think Virginia is Virginia? Would they be your pick to win the Coastal at this point? Oh, yeah, because Miami lost the UNC game. Good point. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, what's your take on UNC? I need to know your take on UNC. Are, is Mac back? Is this legit at this they, point? Look, I mean, they, they appear to be competent. I'm, I'm not going to go further than that. They should have lost the Miami game. If you look at it, like almost any of the key stats indicate like who wins a game. They lost pretty much all of those. Yeah. They also now, uh, their uh, starting center is gone, and their uh, one of their starting corners is gone. Yeah. And top receiver – or one of their top receivers, Antoine Green, uh, maybe out for the Wake game too. So I went ahead and bet Wake. Um, I think Wake's going to pull the upset. but And high scoring, I think. Because they both want to play at about a million miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. But, man, that, that Howell, does it, Sam? He's been – He looks really good. Outstanding. He's been really yeah. good. He looks better than he did at all, all the Elite 11 stuff. Yeah. He would do some, like, Brett Favre type stuff and just try to, like, like throw ridiculous throws and, and throw some <laughs> – uh, at, at a lot of those showcase camps, um, yeah, you know, but yeah, he's he's looked really good. Yeah, I, it's I think it's gonna be an exciting year. It's exciting. It's weird to be this like optimistic and excited about football. Usually, this is about the time when we're like, how many days till basketball starts? <laughs> but you know, <laughs> this is yeah. new. It's fun. <laughs> we're oh, yeah. it. absolutely. Well, uh, thanks again, Bud, for uh, joining us. We, we very much appreciate uh, you taking the time. And uh, good luck to the Knowles on all their other games um, uh, this season. It's not this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sportsmanship, good luck uh, Saturday, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we hope uh, we'll, have you, we'll have you back uh, down the road and, and chat some more. I would love to get your ACC takes. Uh, as this continues cool and uh for everybody listening stay tuned to the blog for more uh, pre-game coverage and certainly the post game and uh we'll catch you next week go who's